All right, if y'all have a Bible with you, open up John chapter 3. My name is Wilson Van Hooser. I'm the senior pastor over at Grace Presbyterian Church. I used to be the RUF campus minister, and it's a privilege to come back and uh, be with y'all tonight. John chapter 3, we're actually going to start in verse 9. We do have to remember the baby Jesus grew up. He grew up just like any of us have grown up. At one point, he was in elementary school or whatever was the equivalent for them. And then he was a middle schooler and he would have had maybe the weird, awkward growth spurt because he was a true man. Uh, that's, not, that's not irreverent to say. Uh, he was a teenager and he was in his young 20s. And then finally, he gets into his young 30s, and that's where we see him here in John chapter 3. And what Jesus is doing here is that he's talking to a guy named Nicodemus. And Nicodemus was a Pharisee. And Pharisees, they knew the Bible. They had memorized the first five books of the Old Testament. And Jesus is going to confront this guy And really dig deep into his heart and he's going to ask him if he really knows who God is. That's the context of what's happening here. So look at verse 9 of John chapter 3. Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? Jesus answered him, are you the teacher of Israel and, and yet you don't know these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know. And bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things and you do not receive our, uh, you do not believe, how can I, you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in Him may have eternal life. And here's the most famous verse in all the Bible, and it would be in the middle of this conversation. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Let's pray. Father, we're asking that even just this short time that you would do far more in these just couple of minutes here than has maybe been done over the course of our lives. We know that you are the God who can speak into nothing and create all things. And Father, some of us are here who do not have faith. We don't have spiritual life and we need you to create that life in us. And some of us do believe, but we need to be Growing in our faith, growing in our assurance, growing in our love for Christ. Holy Spirit, only you can do that. So would you do so as your word is proclaimed? We ask all this, Lord Jesus, in your name. Amen. Have you ever thought about this? Why are we so obsessed with aliens? Can we just be honest? Uh, We're very obsessed with aliens. It's Seems like everything everyone's talking about, UFOs, Area 51, or whatever the next area is, and how the aliens are going to come down to us, what are they going to be like. We, we live in a culture that's obsessed with thinking about what's out there 
And what are they going to be like if they come among us? I think actually that's a very interesting realization into what humanity is. We are people, and we have always been people, who have wondered what is out there, or even more so, who is out there. We were made in the image of God. Genesis 1 says that God created man, male and female. He created them in the image of God. He created them. So if we were made in the image of God, we were made by God. And we were made for God. We were literally made in body and soul to orient our life around someone who is out there. So of course, even with sin and the fall, we're still people who are wondering who's out there and do they even care? And if there is a God out there, what is he like? See, one of the things that I'm assuming here is this. I am assuming that everyone here knows that God exists. Maybe you're a self-proclaimed atheist, and I would love to talk with you more about that. But one thing we know from Scripture, we see in Romans 1, that everyone knows that there is a God. We all know He exists. It's not a matter of mental knowledge. It's really a spiritual issue. We all know He's there. The question is, have we run to Him? And do we know Him? That's what Jesus is telling Nicodemus. He is showing Nicodemus, this is who God is. This is the one who is out there, but not only the one who's out there, he's the one who has come here. That's what Christmas is all about. If you look back at John 3, 16, let me read it again. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Who is God? We see here Jesus telling Nicodemus, he says, for God so loved the world. Well, who is this God? We believe that God is a triune God. He is one God in three persons. Those persons are Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They're not three different gods, just kind of in a group. It's one God, one essence, one godness. But there are three distinct persons. And that triune God has always existed. And because he has always existed, he's never been bored. Because he is infinite in worth, infinite in glory, infinite in love. He needs no one. But he decides to create. And when he created, it wasn't because he was lonely. And it definitely was not because he's needy. He better not be needy. Because if he's needy, then he needs you to make him happy. So what do you think would happen if you don't live up to that standard? That's not a good God. God's not a needy God, but yet he still creates. And he creates man and woman in his image to rule on earth 
and to image his glory. Now that went really well for a long time, right? Come on now, y'all, are y'all awake? I know we, you know, silent night. Well, here we go. It did not last very long. And you know, as we read actually in one of the first scripture lessons, we saw that Eve took the fruit, took a bite, turned around, gave it to her husband, Adam, who was the covenant head. And when he took a bite of the fruit, sin entered in the world. It was bad news bears. Sin is not something that you can kind of toy with or that you have under control. It has wrecked your life. It's wrecked my life. It's so bad, we're under a curse that we cannot break. Jesus says this, the God whose world we messed up, that God loved us so much. Amen? That God loved us so much that he sent his only begotten son. Don't forget this. Even despite our sin, it never changes who that God is. And that God is love. And he came. Even despite all the sin and our sinful nature, he came to us because we could not solve the problem, only he could. What's amazing is that when he came to us, it's not just that he could come to us and not be affected by this world. If he were to come to us, he would have to take the judgment we deserve. He would have to take the wrath we deserve. Literally, he came to die. And when that God came, when God the Son came, it wasn't... As if God the Son were like a demigod or halfway God. He is God Himself, but yet He became truly man. Jesus Christ is very God of very God. And He has always been God, but He is also man. He is like you and me in every single way, yet without sin. Jesus is as true human as human can be. Let's remember that to be sinners is not the same thing as saying this is what it means to be human. Sin has marred our experience of humanity. It doesn't take away our humanity, but it's marred it. Jesus is true humanity. Now you already see where Jesus is going with Nicodemus here, right? Nicodemus, if you're going to get to God, you got to get this Messiah. You gotta get me. My friends, that's what Christmas is all about. It's great. Maybe you're gonna do a white Santa elephant, whatever it is. I, I never know those. Uh, I, I can't, you know, I just mix all the different adjectives and whoever we're, you know, the noun is. What are, you know, the gift exchange. You get what I'm saying. It's fun. You get to see family. Maybe that's not always the most fun part. <laughs> You don't want to be around your awkward cousin. If you don't have the awkward cousin, you are the awkward cousin. (laughs) But make no mistake about it. The reason why Christmas is the way it is, is because of Jesus. Hey, man, don't tempt me. Why is Christmas in December? 
It's not because this was the time of the year that he came. It's because when the early Christians wanted to remember the birth of Christ, they wanted to put it in the darkest time of the year because that's how bad our sin was. And God came to earth. Amen? God came to earth. Think about how loving this God is. He didn't just stand far off and say, who wants forgiveness? Who wants some mercy? It's like the t-shirt gun at the basketball games. He gave himself. Amen? He could not possibly give you anything more. Because if he is God and when he gives you himself, with him is everything. And that's who Jesus is. And when Jesus came down to this earth, he lived an absolute pure and holy life even when he was a teenager. He never sinned. He never had a sinful thought. He never had a sinful desire. He didn't have a sinful nature. He was perfect all the time. But then on the cross, he died. And he didn't just die a physical death. He took the wrath of God that you and me deserve. And he drank it till it was empty. And he died. Did he stay dead? No. Don't forget, every time Christmas comes around, Easter's coming. He did not stay dead. He rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven where he literally is there as the God-man through the fold of space in heaven's glory. We don't make this up. It's the ultimate reality above everything else. Jesus is king. Jesus is Lord. He's the Messiah. Now, what does that have to do with you and me? Well, in the context of this, Jesus is telling Nicodemus. He's telling him, look, you might know a lot of stuff. You may have memorized the first five books of the Bible, the Old Testament called the Pentateuch. But you can't even see the kingdom of God unless you're born again. And Nicodemus is like, what? Who can, who can be born again? What do you mean? How do I go back into my mom's womb and then be born again? That's, that's crazy talk. Exactly. Because you and me don't have any spiritual life. We are the darkness. And he came to be light. And brothers and sisters, if he came to save us when we were the furthest off, then do you think now that when we're saved and we still wrestle with sin, do you think he's going to say, done with that person? No. He knows you. And he's determined to bring you all the way home. He left his home so that he could bring you home. He went to the cross to take your hell so that he could give you his heaven. He came down to perform the perfect works of God because we who have no works could just trust in him and be saved by grace alone. Amen? So how are you saved? Not by being good enough. Just by trusting him. And that's what Christmas is all about. By trusting Jesus, that he really is who he is. You know, in some places, water is hard to get. 
And there's some places in Africa and some of these tribes, and certainly things have gotten better over the last several years, but still in some places you have to dig wells that are really deep. And the wells are often not like how we would picture a water well where there's kind of like the pulley system in a bucket. In some places you'd have to dig into the ground about 100 feet. And when you actually are going to try to get water, what they would do to try to protect water because it was such a scarce resource, they didn't make it easy to get for just anyone. They made it where only the strongest person in their tribe could get it. So here's what they did. In that 100-foot drop, they cut slits in the wall of the well that went all the way down so that the strongest person of the tribe would grab a, a skin or a bucket or whatever it was, and he would basically climb all the way down scoop up water enough for the tribe and then have to climb all the way back up. One time this is happening and the strong man of this certain tribe climbed down and when he was bringing the water back up, he fell and he broke his leg and he was laying at the bottom of the well. People had no clue what to do. So they ran and got the chief. And when the chief came, he saw the man and he saw his predicament. He took off his royal clothes and he climbed to the bottom. And he picked up the man, bearing the man's full weight upon himself, and he climbed all the way back up to safety. And as one author says, this chief did what no one else could do. And my friends, that's what Jesus Christ has done for you and me. You couldn't do it. And he did. And when you trust in him, you will be saved. Amen? Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we ask that you would continue to show us who your son is. That by your mercy, you would redeem us tonight. That you would sanctify us tonight. That you would make us yours. And that as we get done with exams and go home or wherever we might go, help us to know who Christ is and who he is for us. And may our lives be forever changed. We ask all this, Lord Jesus, in your name. Amen.